We continue celebrating Recovery Month, and part of celebrating what you've reached often involves taking a look back at where you came from. On the fourth episode, I share parts of a list of things that I wrote on September 9th, 2009. It was a rough but important list. 14 pages that reminded me of how far I've come. On this episode, we take another look at that list and share what it's like to go through those rough emotional moments. Welcome, everybody, to the 19th episode of Happy to Fail, the podcast where each and every Monday we show that we can be proud of the mistakes that we've made. We can be proud of where we've come from. And at the same time, we can't be afraid to look back and say, that's what I thought about 10 years ago. I'm not that person anymore. Look at all the things that I've achieved because every time that you have that not so great day in your life, by being able to take a step back, look at what you wrote 10 years ago, and then you're thinking, you know what? Even on my worst day today, I am nowhere near close to being who I once was. And my name is Juan Velas Court. I am from Puerto Rico, and I am a proud person with lived experience when it comes to mental health challenges. And we have to continue celebrating Recovery Month, and part of that does involve taking a step back and looking at everything that we sometimes forget. We sometimes forget about the bad things because our minds are trained to highlight the good moments and hide the bad ones. But being able to open up that box that's sealed in your basement for just a couple of minutes to look at one picture, two pictures and go, wow, I forgot about that. What was that even like? That's me. But it doesn't even sound, look, or is written by something like I would do nowadays. But I always got to point out that this podcast is a personal journal where every Monday you and I get to know each other just a little bit more. But if you feel like you need some emotional support, especially now, during recovery month, don't be afraid to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you're from Puerto Rico like myself, you can contact AMSCA's 24-7 crisis line at 1-800-981-0023. So this is the type of episode that if you haven't listened to the original part, I would suggest you hit pause on this one you go back and listen to that one because it's a list that I wrote on September 9th, 2009. I spent multiple hours writing 14 pages about things that I hated about myself with the long-term goal of being able to address them. And I had promised because as that episode kept going, I realized there was so much to get to that I realized I could not do that in one episode. And out of all the ones that I've done, it does seem like that one connected with a lot of people because sometimes we are afraid to write what we're thinking about. We are afraid to sit down, good old black and white pen and paper, and put our emotions on a piece of paper because that's always there unless you shred that. You can find that. Somebody can find that. And I proudly still have that list. So once again, check out that one. And if you haven't, without further ado, let us continue to the sequel of the list from 2009. And for context, most of the things that I'm sharing from the list right now were written from the seventh page onward. So keep in mind that maybe two to three hours had already gone by. So let's just say I was not in emotionally the best place. Even though I loved to just being able to write all this down, there's a sense of anger. There's a sense of frustration. And let's get to the first one, which I wrote. Aside from movies, music, and games, I don't know what else makes me happy. 
And something that I've realized now, especially now that we're up to the 19th podcast episode, and I read the 14 pages, is that even though the way I perceive myself has changed a lot as somebody that went through depression and still struggles with it today, but I was able to realize that, you know what? I like what I like. I like movies. I like games. A lot of the things that I enjoyed and did back in 2009 I still do that today. I was playing some video games just this morning before I hit the record button because that makes me happy. That lets me know the weekend has arrived because I am recording this on a Saturday. But sometimes we are so heavily influenced by the actions of others, by what other people are doing because you see them on social media. You see your friends on Facebook posting a picture. And sometimes you can't help but feel jealous about that oh, how come I'm not doing that? How come I don't have that car? But being able to look at yourself in a mirror and not undermine what you like, appreciate that, embrace that, really did help me a lot. Another thing that I wrote was, I wish I could just do things. I believe that one of the biggest challenges for people that don't suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder, the hardest thing for them to understand is that the compulsion, the action that you physically see is not the hardest part. In many ways, that alleviates the anxiety because when I talk about intrusive thoughts, the intrusive thought can be, for example, say you wanna clean your car, something very simple like that, or you wanna get off of a chair and ask somebody a question. Your mind can go, well, count to 10 and afterwards get up. But when you get to nine, your mind says, "Uh, I think you skipped a number, try again. And then you go once again, one, two, three. And this can sound silly, and in many ways it is, but sometimes this would last me hours. I remember when I was nine, 10 years old, one of my biggest problems was asking people questions. And I would go through this process where I had to count it down, except I could never get to zero or I could never get to 10 depending on the day. But that was very frustrating because it made almost even the most mundane tasks damn near impossible because it wasn't doing the task that was difficult for me. The challenging part was getting up and actually doing it. And think about this. This is how frustrating it gets when you suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. You want to do it. You're not procrastinating. You're not trying to find other ways that you can get out of doing that task. You're telling your head, shut the hell up and get to work. You'll want to do it. How come you're not getting up? Because Juan, you got to count to 10. Because Juan, what if this happens? Juan, what if you make mistakes? And you're arguing with yourself. And sometimes you don't even notice that other people are looking at you because obviously you look a little weird. You're getting pissed off. You're getting annoyed. But you're not talking to anybody but yourself. Another thing that I wrote was, I just wanted to cry during Spanish class today. I definitely want to dedicate a lot more time to the second season to talk about generalized anxiety. Even though I reference it sometimes, it's really difficult once again for people that don't live with it to comprehend that. When I wrote this, I was in college. I was in about my second year, I think it was. And sometimes I'd be sitting in a class, I'd be paying attention to my teacher, and this little thought began, Juan, you have no friends, and you just want to cry uncontrollably even though you're having a good day, you're doing good in class, but that thought comes in and all of a sudden you can't pay attention to the class. And then it's not just paying attention, it's thinking, well, if I begin crying, people are going to think I'm all sorts of crazy. I'm going to think I'm all sorts of crazy. So bottle it up, open up the water bottle, put all the emotions in there, seal it, 
put it in the backpack, and just forget about it. And isn't that sad that the biggest problem is not how I'm feeling or the problems with the class, but how people are going to react to my mental illness. I have an entire podcast episode dedicated to that. So if you haven't, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that one. The social expectations that you don't cry unless a family member dies. You don't cry unless you have a car crash. Imagine that I told somebody, you know, say my classmate was uh, looking at me and asking me, Juan, why are you crying? I set the example that I, I didn't have friends. But honestly, sometimes I just wanted to cry because I wanted to cry. There wasn't a specific thought process. The whole thing about generalized anxiety is that the usual things that a traditional human being may look at and go, hey, this is sad, but we got to move on. A person living with generalized anxiety, that can be the worst moment in their life. And you got to be able to recognize that as the person that's living through it because you have to watch out for the triggers and the situations that can make you a lot worse. The next thing that I wrote and much related to the previous ones is people don't seem to understand how much trouble I have reading. It's not just homework and it seems to get worse as time goes by. The reason that I do this in a podcast form and not in the form of a blog post, even though I have a blog that I haven't uh, written there in a couple of months, juanbelliscourt.com. You can check it out. And I think the latest post literally still, hey, I launched a podcast, but writing and reading to me is damn near impossible, people. And I'm, I'm not even joking. Sometimes it would take me an hour to read one page from a notebook. A really big trigger for me are sounds, things that happen in my surroundings. I can easily react or be distracted by that. The same way I talked about counting things down with OCD, it happened to me when I was reading a book that I could be at about the last five words of a page, but my thought process is Juan. Did you really comprehend that? Did you really understand that? Just to play it safe, Juan, when I go back and read the entire book all over again. And it got so bad that as I was already halfway into a page, I would just say, well, time to start over because my mind is already going to start this whole game with me and I'm not going to play it. So I'll just read it. You know what? Forget the book. Forget everything. I'm just going to I'm just going to wing it. And that happened every single day and it could take up hours. And it's very frustrating. I have gotten a lot better at it, you know, reading and writing, even this podcast, the fact that I have to write out an agenda. It's been very therapeutic and healing for me because I have to develop a structure. So many ways, thank you for listening. And I'm not talking about the reviews and all that, which you can't leave a five-star review, but seriously, thank you, because working on this show has helped me in more ways than you can possibly fathom. Now, before we keep going, I got to talk about this. Not everybody is ready to face their past. It took me 10 years to be able to fully sit down and read this list. Even as I was rereading it last night, I told my wife, hey, if I'm quiet, I'm reading this, a lot of emotions are flowing, and even though I'm happy with where I am, it's still hard. You're still reading these horrific things, and we're going to get to some pretty bad ones now, and there's some here that I still wouldn't share with people. There's a lot of stuff here that my mother, my wife, and I don't think anybody will ever see because it's that strong, but even just saying this lets you know that, hey, I'm sitting here with a microphone talking to you right now. But never in my life did I think that would be possible. So if you're going through a situation that you think you can't get out of, rest assured, as I sit here, you can get out of that situation. I know you can. It just sometimes takes time. It may take one year, one day, one week, 10 years, but it's going to happen eventually. The next thing I wrote is, 
Will I die alone? Probably. I think more than uh, feeling sad, you can get a good sense of frustration, of anger. I develop such a deep hatred for myself that you give up. Something that I always talk about in my trainings that I give to people out here in the community in Puerto Rico is that we can't force people to think differently. If you have a certain way of uh, living, of thinking, a lifestyle, I can't change that. However, we have the potential to influence others. So if you have a family member that's going through something, don't talk to them with the mindset of, I'm going to change your opinion. Talk to them with the mindset that, here's some information, digest it, make of it what you will, but this could be an option. I got so bad up until this point that I really think that nobody can motivate me to do anything differently other than myself. I was influenced by my surroundings. That's what led me to not wanting to die by suicide because I kept looking at people. But if people gave me advice, if people told me that that's no way to live, that is the last thing that I needed to listen to. Okay, and this next one, I am uh, altering the language because we are a clean podcast and I do not want to be flagged. I wrote, I'll probably go home now, lock myself in a room like the little bee that I am, and either keep writing or try to sleep. I think you get the sense that I hated who I was. Because think about the fact that in the first pages of the things that I wrote in 2009, I was talking about things that I could improve upon. But by page 7, 8, 9, 10, I was just calling myself out. You could tell that I was mocking myself, not for my mental health challenges. I was mocking myself for even writing this list. Because once again, I'll probably go home now, lock myself in a room, and I'm going to either keep writing or try to sleep. So I'm already boycotting myself. I'm telling myself, you know what you're going to do now? Nothing. You're going to do nothing with this list. I don't know for sure, but there's probably a good chance that I was contemplating throwing this list away at some point. So I'm very happy that I didn't. But you got to be able to recognize if you have a loved one going through something that sometimes the best thing that you can give them is space. The last thing that would have helped me at that moment was somebody sitting uh, next to me and telling me, you're going to get better. Things are going to improve. I needed my space. The fact that I was able to hate myself here in many ways was still therapeutic because I was admitting that I did not like who I was. So even in my worst moment of my life emotionally, there's something positive to take away from that. So I challenge you, if you have a loved one or you yourself can think about the worst day emotionally where you looked at yourself in the mirror and you almost wanted to spit at yourself because of how much you hated yourself, what can you take away from that? One of the last ones I want to share here is, I wrote, I just want to be normal. Gonna let you digest the, that one for a little bit. I just want to be normal. If there's one learning experience that 2019 Juan can learn from 2009 Juan, be yourself, dude. Be yourself and stop being influenced by everybody. It's so easy to look at somebody that looks in good shape, has a lot of money, and say, I want to be like that person. But then the day after, you see somebody else, and you want to be like them as well. Next day, you see somebody else, and you also want to be like that person. But who are you? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be? And if you don't have the answer, and I have talked about this previously, and this is a question I sometimes have for myself now is, it's okay to, to not have everything be figured out. It's okay to still not be 100% sure with who you are. I think the challenge is that sometimes you can't help but absorb other people's things. Just brush that off 
Start with a clean slate and figure out who you are. And the last thing I want to share in this episode, this this is a long one, people, so get ready. I'm dead weight and no one cares to carry me. I just wish I didn't have to blame something. I spent most of my life with the same BS. I'm OCD, so you have to help me. I need special care. Treat me like a baby. I'm sick of it. I just want to be me. But at the same time, who am I? Maybe I am this messed up kid that never got to be a kid. Since I was seven years old, I've been this POS going from school to school to see what could help me. There has to be somebody living a more messed up life than mine because I know I at least have a roof. But mentally, I'm messed up. There's a lot to take in here, and much like the previous ones, I was upset. I was pissed off, people. Let's be real about this. I was pissed off, and you could tell I was mocking myself. But if there's one thing, even though initially this looks like the most negative thing, this was my turning point. Look at this here. I'm going to, well, I'm, listen to this here. I'm going to read this again. I'm OCD, so you have to help me. I am mocking myself there. I need special care. Treat me like a baby. I'm sick of it. Even though I'm mocking myself, I'm telling you to treat me like a baby. I was sick of it. Maybe at that point in time, I didn't know how to get out of that, but I knew I wanted to get out of it. So once again, I challenge everybody listening to this. Challenge yourself to twist your own words and think about how that can go from a negative thing to a positive thing. Me telling myself that I was messed up was a way of telling myself, Juan, you have a problem, and that problem is not obsessive-compulsive disorder. It is not depression. It is not anxiety. The problem is you, as a human being, don't value yourself. You don't see your potential, and those mental health challenges, they don't help the situation, but they are not the main problem you're having right now. And from that point on, I began to take care of not the mental health challenges. I began to take care of my mental health. I'll be honest right now. I feel like I dropped 10 pounds just talking about this. And I feel so happy. Even comparing myself to the first time I talked about this list. Once I was done working on that episode, I was exhausted. But now I have energy because I'm able to look at the positive sides of even the worst situations, and you can do that too. So folks, if you enjoy listening to this podcast episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app of choice. You can review on Apple Podcasts, you can review on Stitcher, and even at facebook.com slash happy to fill, something that I'm doing outside of this podcast. And I strongly suggest you check those out is I'm doing some micro vlogs, like five minute vlogs that sometimes like this one, I did a five minute one talking about similar topics that I'm gonna share next week. And I wanted to do that in a different way, talking directly to you on camera. So you can find those at instagram.com slash happy to fail and on Facebook. And hopefully those motivate you. Hopefully that motivates somebody special in your life that is going through a very rough time. So up until next time, Thank you for listening, making a positive change in your life. You matter, all this awesome stuff, because you and I and all of us, we are pretty awesome. So take care, everybody.